guys, and welcome back to another RCDOZSL podcast. And today is the self-sabotage <laughs> series finale. And oh my goodness, I got my Russian stallion Veronica <laughs> on. Oh my God, she's a wonderful soul. You know what? I brought her on here to talk about the crazy things she saw in Colombo, the things she saw in Vietnam. She came here to Thailand and New Zealand and Vietnam and this and that. So many things. She has overcome in general. And you know what? We're going to top this off with a bang today. So, Veronica, thank you so much for coming back on. <laughs> Thanks so much, Arsenia, for a lovely introduction as usual. I love your energy. It's always um, enthusiastic and, um, you know, fires me up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, uh, nice to meet you. As Arsenia said, my name is Veronica. I've been on a few podcasts podcast of his before and uh, a little bit of story about me I grew up in Russia until 15 years old I've left the country trying to pursue something else I had a huge ambition that I wanted to fulfill and I left I left to explore the Asia China Thailand uh, Sri Lanka a bit of Indonesia where I when I landed to New Zealand and then in New Zealand um, I lived for one year and a half until I landed to Canada where I am right now currently I'm in the process of um, my immigrational journey <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, getting through my uh, immigration uh, process and as well as I'm in the process of um, working on my coaching practice. I'm working with people, helping, um, empowering them to be the, the best version they can be. Um, I have a big vision that I would really love to fulfill in a few years to come. And uh, one of the things that actually brought me to um, coaching is self-sabotage because lots of stories that happen in my life, they did evolve out of self-sabotage series and so self-sabotage you know you talked about medical school we talked about a lot of things that you went through and how much of that played a role in your life you know you leaving russia at the age of 15 and you discovering yourself at such a young age and when did you become aware of it You mean, when did I become aware of self-sabotage? Right, right. So when, did it play a very, very, uh, you know, it, did it have a really big role in your life? It did. It did. Um, but the funny thing, I did not understand that while I was a teenager. Um, if we go all the way back, when we're young, the most influence we have is coming from the social environment, right? Especially our parents, especially friends, school teammates. Um, how I started noticing self-sabotage, having me reflecting right now at what I was before, um, was expressed in a few things. First, I was quite fat. Mm. I was close to 100 kgs. Um, and now I'm 60 for comparison. So it's almost minus 40 kgs. And I believe it's more than... Um, I, use, so, uh, I think 100 kgs is like more than 200 something pounds. Mm. So more than that. Um, so yeah, um, and the way how I came to be like that is I overate because my grandmothers made me 
feel guilty for not eating the food they cooked for me with love. Right. Because, you know, when you come to a grandma, she wants you to eat everything. She wants you to eat pies. She wants you to eat meat. She wants you yep. to eat rice. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so stuffed and you're making me eat that. <laughs> and, I had, and I was lucky to have three grandmas at the time. And I was lucky to have that. So you can't imagine how much food I was stuffing in. And the more food I was stuffing in, um, because you were making me eat that, the more I disliked myself for doing that, I was feeling guilty for doing that, but I did not say anything or express myself because I thought if I, by doing that, I will be getting their love. You know what I mean? It's a triangle. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yep, yep. At a tri- it's a triangle. So I've sabotaged my health to get their love through food. Which became a pattern later on in life. Uh-huh. It became a pattern, right? So once I moved from younger age to teenage, the way how I would get love for myself, because I used to spend a lot of time alone between eight years old and 15. I was quite independent. My parents worked a lot. And um, I used to be quite um, mature and independent at that age. I was using food as a way to have fun. So I would uh, sit and eat bread with orange juice, which is super awful combination, and watch cartoons because there was no parent for me to be next to me at that moment. So I was sharing my joy with food and eating food. And then again, teenage age, when you become fat, you start being bullied. You start being bullied, you feel sad, you feel depreciated. Where would you find joy? You learn the pattern that you will get love from food as a child. Mm. So what you do, because you only know that pattern at that moment, you're still small, you don't understand that. You go back to the food and you start stuffing it into your mouth again. That was like, probably this is the most, uh, is the first and the most fundamental one for me that I, um, I discovered, but I discovered this through the journey of losing weight, through the journey of um, uh, actually learning to enjoy the results right. of that. Um, funny how it happened. One day I stopped. Um, I was not able to eat at all. Whoa. One day. Um, I was in a summer camp. And I just, I eat food and it just comes out of me. And a second event that triggered my um, desire to lose weight, for instance, is um, me protecting a younger girl. There was a group of bullies in the summer camp mm-hmm. that wanted to attack a young girl. And there were like four of them. I didn't like that group. Mm-hmm. So I stood up for her and I got a duel. Mm-hmm in the forest at two o'clock in the afternoon when the whole camp a duel. sleeps. Uh-huh. A duel. <laughs> um, you know, I love Pushkin. Uh-huh. And Pushkin died in a duel. And I listened to all of that. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to do a duel in the <laughs> forest. <laughs> I went. Because I thought, I thought I'm a big girl. I, couldn't, I could handle that, right? I was, I was 10. Uh-huh. Um, I went there. Fantastic. 
And I'm standing there, and there are nine freaking girls against one me. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's not good. <laughs> that is not good. Right. So consider me not being able to eat for a few days, um, me going there. I, even though I hit five of them, I wasn't able to hit the rest four. So uh, they hit me really bad. I felt really bad. And those oh two God. things made me question uh, the way I look. Because it just, it, it just, the way I look stopped fitting into the picture of me being strong. Because those girls broke my pattern of thinking. Wow. And that action triggered me into coming home and starting, even without proper knowledge, starting eating different foods, seeing how I feel, trying to understand, oh, I actually like how it looks like. Oh, I lose 10 kgs. I like how it looks. What will happen if I lose extra 10? So I started allowing for myself to have alternative views, asking myself alternative questions. And if you might know, the quality of questions defines the quality of your ongoing life, your ongoing decisions. And that's what I started doing from the age of 11. And yeah, I I know it sounds ridiculous. So that was the first moment of me sabotaging myself. Big time. Wow. But at the age of 11... I I just I think it's amazing you know you say you know what I'm gonna have a duel you know and you going out there (laughs) and holding your ground against five others and then they end up ended up beating you real bad but then everything tied in together you know after getting a bad beating it made you just reconsider your entire thinking process of who you are your self-image and and so wow um okay so after that you know, when we talk about like self-image and going forward at the age of 11, what did you do? I've realized that, again, when you're big and fat, you cannot move fast, which means you cannot react fast to any, in, any incoming uh, hitting points. So which means this applies to every in other situation, logically speaking, right, in your life. Right. For instance, um, how would they works through that later on i started doing basketball and i was doing basketball for quite some time and because i lost weight right i got this energy i got the space in my body to move around yeah but i wasn't so used to it so i still was kind of like bulky in my first year in basketball mm. so the second moment of sabotaging that happened is pushing myself to the extreme of getting myself hurt physically because my body wasn't just that ready for it. So in basketball, I remember the pattern of me in the beginning, learning to get love externally through the food. That pattern, I thought I broke it. If I I imagine that I'm thinking about this from my standpoint right now but it got transferred into a different form. In basketball, I became so good in terms of performance. 
peak performance, speed, um, jumping, everything. But because my body it was still learning all the physical strength, it wasn't that adjusting. Like one year wasn't enough for it to grow quite strong in terms of the core. I ended up hurting myself quite a lot, like falling a lot, like hit, getting hit onto my head a lot, um, like getting like scratches and blood over and all of that. And the way how I got attention is external. So teammates supported me, coach supported me. So that became a form of love. So from food, I moved to form of love in terms of team support and coaching. We provided the sense of love feeling, community feeling, family feeling. Ah, I love that. So that's the pattern. That's the second self-sabotaging pattern. And uh, that, ha- and from that, it it can evolve into multiple directions. It happened for different people. For me, where it evolved to, into getting titles and achievements. I wanted to get a golden. I wanted for our team to get golden medals mm-hmm. because I knew that the whole city would be proud for us to have golden medals in in the province. I was looking for recognition, but being a teenager, I didn't know where that recognition was coming, where that sense for recognition was coming from, because I did not know that it was a pattern of behavior, sabotaging pattern, doing everything, hurting yourself to get to that point. Wow, man. I I just... So you... I love it how you went from being in that specific state at the age of 11 in the forest and then going to team support. So that's one actionable item that someone could take away from this is to have a supportive group of people around you. Now, would you consider yourself to have a backbone or did you develop that backbone when you ended up, you know, having a team around you? Backbone. That's a good question. Um, I think if we're talking about takeaways from these two little stories, right? I think the key takeaways are awareness. First is awareness. Uh, being, because in every action, no matter how simple it is, even brushing the teeth with your right hand, um, there is always a sense of the repetitiveness because our body is just the mechanics, right? Muscles right. is all mechanics. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing over and over again once you experience a certain particular emotion? If that pattern is repetitive, see, imagine yourself from the, um, from the perspective of, a, um, of an audience. You're in the cinema. Imagine right. you're looking at yourself in your day and you're looking at what you're doing. And then see whether you like this pattern or you don't like this pattern. If you don't like this pattern, fantastic, but this means it doesn't fit with you, with exactly. what you want to do or where you want to go. Right. It means you can change it. Right. Once the level of awareness changes, your brain expands. Your brain expands, it means it expands for more possibilities, for more alternatives, for more knowledge. Right. And then what you do um, once you recognize it, Understand where you want to go. So understand the end. 
and then fill it with the knowledge to expand to here and then you will go easily that's how it is so that's one key takeaway the second uh, key takeaway backbone as you said if a person doesn't have a strong backbone um i call it um i don't call it a backbone i call it a core uh, because russian language and english language is a little bit different right um so core and the sense of uh, certainty mm. it has to be internal if that doesn't exist unfortunately naturally a, a person is going to look for approval from everybody and trying to get approval from every, from everybody he will never get approval by himself right so it's important to understand what are the person's three top core values mm. even if he doesn't feel confident enough once he knows those three core values it's becomes much easier to build that sense of certainty and as you said backbone you know how by analyzing each and everybody in the environment like uncles grandpas whatever friends godparents and see which one or two people out of those have the values that fit your values mm-hmm. they can be approving of you or they can be not approving of you right but the whole point it has to be that your core values coincide with theirs to have them as one backbone i'm going to give you an example um example i'm going to give you from uh you know where which example can i pick up um so which book did you pick up uh um i wish i could pick up a book i'm trying to oh, pick up an example right, from right, my right, life right, 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 right. so that may it makes more sense um okay let's do a real life example um so in my life i have a few mentors and it happens so that when i experience certain set of emotions or i'm lacking support for instance from people who are important to me i go to people who share my values or who would make me feel that i am enough in the form that i am uh so one of the uh, mentors of mine for instance the most empathetic person i've ever met in my life mm-hmm. he is able to showcase me the sense of love without any like we have a mentor mentee relationship but he's able to show me the sense of love through how he feels and understands me through the, his presence by giving that attention to me mm-hmm. that i feel that backbone that i can rely on him in case if something if even the closest one to me are not going to look towards my side in making the decision because his values coincide with mine and i know that and it adds to my sense of certainty I see. Add into the okay, all right. So core values 
I like that. I like, you know, and you were talking about what book. And when you mentioned a book, I was like, okay, what core values do I stand by? Well, you know what? Speaking with impeccability, that's right out of Jack Canfield's book. And some people have asked me, where do you learn to speak and this and that? And, you know, there are teachers from Monterey, Mexico to people in Singapore saying, where do you learn to speak? I said, I started a podcast in 2016, you know, <laughs> and some people say, do you speak like that all the time? I'm like, well, I speak the way I, you know, I didn't know. I don't know how I used to speak before, but I think I would speak without a sense of purpose. And people can hear that very quickly, kind of like what me and you were saying in terms of my friends saying, oh, you know, just uh, just at home, just chilling. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dang, okay, that sounds like a guy that is a drifter instead of a creator, you know? So a value, you, you know, finding out the values. Now, unfortunately, I never had anyone in my family where, you know, they had strong values and whatnot, not that I could actually pick out. Uh, you know, although my mother did have that sense of, uh, just always fighting and getting through everything, um, you know, but on the other hand, you know, I created my own values from the things I've actually learned and that's what I abide by. So I created my own cores, you know, uh, my belief system and whatnot, and this is what I believe in, you know, so, wow, that's powerful. That's really powerful stuff, Veronica. So, um, when, when it comes to the value system and the people who you are around and whatnot. Did you become more, you, you, you know, you didn't become as, you weren't as vulnerable as you were before in terms of self-sabotage when you had value systems and whatnot? Or when you developed them? Or did it still kind of just sneak up on you from time to time, you know, as it always does to the majority of us? Of course it does. To, to, it does to everybody. Nobody sure. is perfect. It yeah. even happens to put on your own, right? right. Um, if you take the most famous example. Um, okay. So you see, I, th I feel there are two questions in your questions. If I look at myself uh, back in a teenage, um, I did not have the knowledge of values. But the thing is, while we are brought up, we have the, uh, we have the value system inbuilt into us on some level we don't know about. Mm -hmm. Again, environment, parents, uh, something that's important to us and we value. We do have it, we just forget when we grow up. Ah, I got you. And it's a matter, and with more knowledge expansion, of course, we then figure out, oh, that's what I valued when I played Lego in the industry. I valued creativity. Yeah, right? I like that, yeah. So if I'm looking right now, of course, right now, values are a little bit changed, but they're similar to what I would have picked up if I to have taken metaphors from my childhood to what I have right now. I was quite vulnerable to external approval when I was in my teenage age, because I said I was growing up by myself mostly. Um, growing up in Russia, as you know, you have to be an A-plus student. You have to, uh, I don't know, you, you have to be, um, oh, there is this English fairy tale when 
a daughter, she cleans the whole house and then she turns into a, the, her carriage turns into a pumpkin and she meets a prince. Little Red Riding Hood? Yeah, I, I, I Cinderella, no Cinderella. Oh, there Cinderella. we go, Cinderella. So, okay, okay, yeah, I'm not okay, too okay, good. Okay. Not too good. So, <laughs> <laughs> you have to be like literally A plus student, good Cinderella at home, like uh, growing up your smaller siblings and, you know, be the best of the best. Lead the country at the age of Right. At the age right. of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just the culture. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it changes from age, for uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. Uh, the values I have right now, they evolved into this thanks to everything that happened to me in my life. So if I, like the first value for me is self-actualization. So uh-huh. self-realization. Yes. It's just a key driver. It's internal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second value that changed for me actually recently became connections and relationships. Okay. It's, it's just to the core of my brain. And it has to be authentic. Mm. It's like, it's a huge thing for me. That's um, and the third one would be uh, balance. Because uh, without mental and emotional balance, um, you're going you're gonna to either lack in one area of your life and do good in, in another, mm-hmm. or you're going to continue self-sabotaging yourself mm-hmm. if you don't have balance of energy, health, mm-hmm. and all of those. Right. Wow. Okay. So it's a balance of all these things then. Okay. So um, to reduce the amount of self-sabotage and that's going on. Oh my God. I'm following all over my words. Falling all over my words. Well, you, it's 6 a.m. in your place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm normally up. No, I'm just excited because I'm getting ready to go to crazy Vietnam right now. It's so crazy. But anyways, <laughs> but um, what is it? So self-actualization, realization, your self-image, all of these things tie into you developing a sense of, you know, not sabotaging yourself in terms of academics. Now, you said, of course, well, academics are anything in general, but when it comes to academics, like you said, you know, Russia, <laughs> you have to be an A-plus student. If you're not, yeah. that is quote unquote the sabotage to what society believes yes and then that's what of course you know it's it's pressed upon you the next you know you end up being a failure you create this image of failure yep uh, you know failing and that becomes your reality i mean it's that quick right so for people out there in these academically driven countries Whereas they are operating off a very dying paradigm and they still believe that getting good grades is, is <laughs> <laughs> we know that that's all old. That's the no. old idea. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? That's old, old yeah. now. Okay. It's not the world anymore. No one gives a damn about grades anymore. It's what you, what you can bring to the table and what skill set you have, you know? <sighs> now for these people who are in these academically driven countries, what are some things that you would share with them? in terms of what their parents and society is telling them to do, like a pull, and what they're trying to do in terms of a push. Like, how, how do they stay true to themselves, their values, and not sabotages, or listen to what people believe is a sabotage? 
how can they ignore that noise? Oh my God. <laughs> the reason I'm breathing in because the answer is so damn simple. It's just for different, as funny as it sounds, for different people, it takes time to realize that. It takes certain events to trigger that realization. And that's why um, I'm exhaling like that. Right. Honestly, the simple, the super simple answer is do what you feel is right. No matter how weird and stupid and out of the line of what society considers right mm -hmm. to be. The funny thing, you can change the society. You're right. in. Find the society which will accept um, what you're doing. For instance, my friend, his parents pushed him into being an engineer. He intentionally failed all of the exams to show them that he wants to do music. And then he ran away to another country to study music production. And he's now doing music production for games like Overwatch and so on. Uh, do that thing. Do that crazy, uh, crazy stuff. Mm. Like, um, even me, I ran away from my country, not from, I don't know if I can say from my country because I was a teenager, I cannot judge that. Right. But I ran away from my area because I felt I did not, there was something on, something off there. Mm. Like I felt, after I traveled a bit, I felt that I needed to move on. I needed to find that something, like people fascinated me, cultures fascinated me. I needed that and I just, I went to that. And it's good if your parents are supporting that, but just find a way to be expressive and passionate enough to, I don't know, to um, persuade your parents to, right. if you want to get their support. But if you don't, if your parents are not going to listen to you or your relatives, remember I told you, you need to find one or two people who have the values who are going to be your backbone to fall onto? 100%. On average, statistically, every person on Facebook has about 400 connections. Wow. So I'm sure if out of those 400, there are 20 who are really good people you know or communicate with on a constant basis, one or two, mm. you can ask to be your accountability partner. Yes. Accountability. Or accountability friend. Yeah. Or accountability backbone speaking your language right 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 <laughs> and how important is it to have an accountability it is important it is it is freaking important i thought it's not important i will be honest with you um, because again i pushed myself to the mm. limits but when you push yourself to the limits and you two things happen one is you either break physically or emotionally and two you're acting only um, you're acting only from your own perspective, which means you don't have somebody to show you an alternative perspective, somebody who is going to open your mindset or maybe open your eyes to something you don't see, which means you're always digging the same terrain and you don't want to do that because there are easier ways to get to things you're looking to get. Right. Oh, I love that accountability partner people um you, you know and 
that's just even having, it could be a friend, it could be someone in your household or someone that points out the sabotage and that's probably happening or the things or the bad habits that you continually doing or you continue doing over and over, which in fact is a self-sabotage, right? Because again, yeah. it's like you can eat healthy for the morning, afternoon, then the evening you go crazy, you know? Again, it's all about balance. I don't really, you know, hear, you know, eating unhealthy unless you eat an exorbitant amount of food. Uh, and of course, in America, you know, America, they got these factories that create this stuff called food. And these people consume it at ridiculous rates. And that's why America is the most obese country on the planet. And so, again, I understand that. Or if you look at things like, how can you stop? sabotaging yourself let's say you're a drinker and you have alcohol in your cabinets mm -hmm. and it's in your refrigerator you know what you're probably going to open it up in the morning you're going to see it and guess what it's going to be right there in front of you all the time so of course taking all those glasses bottles out and pouring them off because guess what then you would have to go all the way to the store to buy something and this and that if there's different hours that you buy you know things that aren't very good or do things that continue to sabotage you from achieving your goals you know that's a you know um try filling in activity during that time so then when the activity's finished and it's like 9 p.m you're like i'm going home forget it you know what i mean these little things you know it's kind of like the compound effect so um yeah it is. Alcohol is a different case, though. Alcohol is quite, um, um, it is a self-sabotage, but you use alcohol to cover pain, some sort of pain, because That's people right. avoid pain or they want to experience a sense close to death. Um, so what, like, what are you covering? So alcohol is quite, um, it is a self-sabotage in a form, mm -hmm. but it is um, because it numbs your feelings. Right. right it numbs your thinking but it's um i think it um it's a harsher form like it, it has to be either treatment or people or a person really wanted to change to get away from alcoholism alcoholism is usually uh non-desire to accept the reality it's non-desire to live life joyfully right. and um or maybe uh, there is no accountability partner or a really good friend who can just say it right into your face. Hey, dude, you haven't been living the life uh -huh. and you're just numbing yourself out. So alcoholism is a big question mark. <laughs> right, right. It's a huge question mark. And it's because people do not want to face what isn't working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, your life sucks. That's up. Graduate from the University of Hard Knocks. Here it is. Okay, your relationship sucks. What are you gonna do? This, your money, your finances sucks. Okay, don't say I don't have money. Say how can I make more money? As Robert exactly. Kiyosaki has said, you know. So, oh man, awesome. Damn, Veronica. And to sum all of this up, you've already given mm -hmm. the great key steps from, of course, doing, going after for what is yours in the universe, but. Give them just one more big key takeaway. Like, let's just say if they, they, they're not good at keeping agreements or they're not good at this or they're not good at that, anything that we are engaged in throughout our daily lives, what's one simple step that they could just ease and take that first step right down today? Buy a pen, a diary, mm -hmm. and instead of using your Google Calendar, Write down what's 
September is the next month. September 1st yeah. through September 30th. And write down. Give me a situation. So like let's say you are, um, you made an appointment for 8 p.m. to meet up with a friend. Next you know, 7 p.m. comes around, your energy is low. You're like, oh my God, I'm very draggy right now. You know what? But if I end up canceling my friend, I may never see them again because I've canceled them three times already. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Okay, not a perfect situation, but sure, let's do that. So one thing is, uh, for 30 days that works really well is manifestation. So the one thing a person can do is um, manifesting it. For writing by hand, September 1st. I am a great friend. I am a great friend. As lame as it can sound, yeah. I am a great friend. Or I am a responsible friend. Mm. I am responsible friend and then ask yourself another question what if what if i don't see this friend and he's important to me what if i'm sick and i don't have friends to support me what if i'm alone tomorrow can be one what if question whatever comes to your mind first so these two questions and of course another thing if your meeting is a week ahead every day just for consistency ask your friend if you can send him a message okay today is six days away from our meeting the next day today is five days away from our meeting today is four days away from our meeting i think the last day when you when it's an hour and you're like an hour away from the meeting and then 30 minutes and then be 15 minutes earlier for the meeting mm. it sounds ridiculous it is highly ridiculous plus writing that all down one week ahead who the hell has time to do that but if you really want to improve even a few days is enough even seven days is overly too much mm. but again small simple steps and just desire and accountability because the person whom you're going to meet is going to be accountable for what you're doing and those feelings that you feel especially asking the what if that's what should trigger you and should scare the hell out of you because again saying i'm a great i'm a i'm a great friend i'm a responsible friend i'm a friend that is very caring and willing to blah 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 then after that what if you know, and you're going to start feeling those negative feelings. And that should be able to, you know, deviate you from making that self-sabotage decision to always cancel. And you could do this with any category in your life, right? So again, what if I go out tonight? Oh, well, let's just say I have an appointment tomorrow at 6 a.m. What if I go out tonight? What if I go out for a drink? What if I engage in all these conversations that aren't going to provide me with anything in my life? What if I come home late? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to, you know, the trick, you see what I mean? And you're going to be able to write all those things down and say, oh, that doesn't look very good at all, you know? So that brings that awareness, you know? And then, hell, hopefully you'll be able to, you know, 
I guess, have, you know, make a better decision. So, Veronica, beautiful. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on here on my ESL podcast. Again, it's been a long time. Thank you so much. I know. Thanks so much, Arsene. It's always a pleasure. Always Absolutely. a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Guys, with that being said, this is a five-part series. Veronica has topped this off. I'm so happy that I went through and I didn't sabotage myself and stop making a series. Uh, but she has come through and she has topped off this wonderful five-part series, uh, you know, from five different countries. And that's what my goal was. So tick and Veronica. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Hopefully you'll be out here, Thailand, Vietnam, and my side of the world sometime soon because I'm not going to Canada. Ah, I'm kidding. No, I love Canada. I love Canada. The ladies are wonderful. But uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, man, again, for everyone who has tuned in, if you guys liked it, share it. If you shared it, like it. And guys, be sure to follow Veronica. I've already put her links in the description in the last one. I'll put it in this one also. Veronica, don't worry. You don't have to like say, yeah, B-E-R-O. No, I got you. I got you cover. <laughs> we got everything in the description, people. So if you want to get to know Veronica, you make sure you get on over there and you get to know her. So Veronica, again, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Arsenio. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. And guys, with that being said, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. I'm your host, Star Arsenio, as usual, over and out.